and welcome to the fourth season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. My guest today is Sarah Cooper. Sarah is a playwright and lyricist whose musicals include Elevator Heart, Hot, Perpetual Sunshine and the Ghost Girls, and The Memory Show, which had productions with Transport Group in New York City, Nude Bar Productions in London, and Watergate Media in Seoul, South Korea. She is a Jonathan Larson Grant recipient and received an MFA from the Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program at NYU, where she is an adjunct assistant professor. We're going to talk today about sung through musicals in musical theater. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hi, Shoshana. Thanks for having me. We'll get started with our get to know our guest questions. What was your first experience with a musical? So I don't remember my very first experience, but my um, my mother was the art gallery director at SUNY Stony Brook for like my literally my entire childhood, and um, she used to get free tickets to the Stellar Center, which is like their art center, and they would have musicals come and go through there. So I got to see a lot of stuff that way when I was young, and then mostly I was just listening to things. Like my dad used to make me like bootleg tapes, <laughs> cassette tapes, if you remember those, of like various musicals. So I started with like, I like fell very madly in love with Little Shop of Horrors. And then shortly after that, I fell very madly in love with Pippin and sort of like spiraled up from there. Nice. Which musical has had the greatest impact on you? You know, I think it's Hedwig and the Angry Inch, <laughs> which is because I didn't come to, well, no, that's not true. I, I actually, I got really interested in the movie. I got like very obsessed with the movie in high school. And then I, I didn't actually, I hadn't seen the show. Like it, it just never was anywhere where I was. And then, um, but the movie was just like, blew my mind <laughs> that it could be something so unnaturalistic, but also just like so moving and so powerful and like be that identity. And like, I just was like very, very blown away by it. I watched it a million times. And then when I finally saw it on Broadway um, for, I think I saw it for my 30th birthday and I just like lost my mind. <laughs> like I just, there's nothing for me. There's like nothing else like it. I just love that show so much. Did you see it with um, with uh, John Cameron Mitchell? I didn't. I saw it with Michael C. Hall, who was amazing. Did you see it with John Cameron Mitchell? I did four times. So I feel like <laughs> so I feel like very similar. Like Hedwig and the Angry Inch also I feel like had a great impact on me, and I all oh. and also saw it. It also came to me like later in life, but I I but backwards. Like I saw the movie after I saw the oh. the show. Um, like my first intro to it was seeing the show on Broadway. Oh, and, wow. But like, oh, so, <laughs> yeah, so first with, first with Neil Patrick Harris and then, and then I found on YouTube, like bootlegs of, uh, John Cameron Mitchell doing the show. Wow. Which go on and off of YouTube. <laughs> uh, I've actually never found that. That's. Yeah. It, um, it's really great. So, cause people were like yeah like Neil Patrick Harris is good but like John Cameron that's really John Cameron Mitchell's role you should um you know you should see it with him yeah Um, so instead of watching the movie I found (laughs) (laughs) I love the movie but I gotta say like when I saw the show I was like oh this is really it like the movie and I really love the movie but the the show is just so powerful at the the end and yeah it's one of those things where you know a lot of your 
favorite shows and shows that impact you are often shows that you experience as a kid or, you know, or early in your, whenever you start, you know, seeing and loving musicals. But that's one of the rare ones for me where it had an impact on me, like much, (laughs) much later in my life. What's a musical people may be surprised to find out you love and why would they be surprised? Um, maybe Jesus Christ Superstar. I just, I, I love the score. Like I love rock musicals and I love that it's like, it's so unapologetically itself. <laughs> like even when it, when it just like, it sometimes it's over the top and it just goes for it. And I really appreciate that. Like I admire that both for its craft and just like, I just think it's thrilling. Yeah. No, I love that too. And also a show I came to later in, in life when I saw the revival. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I teach at Purchase and I talk about that with my undergrads sometimes they're like yeah yeah my parents like that show and it's kind of cheesy I'm like but it's not it's not <laughs> I just don't yeah. I actually don't find it even though it's like so over the top it's there I don't know there's so much truth in all the characters like I actually feel like they're all really well developed who is your favorite hero character or protagonist in a musical and who is your favorite villain or antagonist in a musical you know I have to think about the hero I have to think about the hero, but my favorite villain is definitely Mrs. Lovett from Sweeney Todd. Nice. I just think, I, I think she's a fabulous character. All her songs are amazing. And I like seeing a woman on stage who doesn't have to be like good, <laughs> but is not being like, you know, slut shamed or like, like she's just, she just is so who she is. And I, I, I love seeing that on stage. Do you like, do you like her? I don't, I forgot, are you a Sweeney Todd person? I, I, I mean, it, I, it's not my favorite musical or anything, but I do really like it. And I, yeah, I think she's a great character. I, I think she, I mean, it's, it's really cool to follow her throughout the show instead of, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Sweeney you're following him, but it's really mm-hmm. cool to follow her because there's certain things with her character that are happening that if you're just following Sweeney, you're not always aware of. And yeah. just especially like her, how she is, her obsession with Sweeney and like mm-hmm. how that cha- develops and changes through the show um, yeah. is, is really fascinating to watch, I think. Yeah. I thought of a, a protagonist maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, Passing Strange? Yeah. So I, I am a Passing Strange devotee. Um, and yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that as, I'm going to say the character of Stu slash youth is mm-hmm. my joint favorite protagonist. Cause I really like the way that character is split. And I, um, the reveal at the, like, it's not even really a reveal, but like the, the turn at the end for me was just like, oh, I just fell in love with that character. I just think, I don't know. I, I don't want to ruin the, I don't want to talk about too much in case people who are listening to this have not seen it, um, which they should, because it's the movie version is great. Right. Or like, you know, the filmed version of the, of the show. Right. But okay. I'm going to say Stu. I'm going to say Stu slash youth. <laughs> nice. I love that. What's your favorite musical that no one else has heard of? I'm, I want to do a tie and I, I hope people have heard of both of these, but I'm going to say um, Southern Comfort and Bella and American Tall Tale because they are both amazing shows and should have both gone to Broadway and I hope they someday do. What is a moment in a musical that you think gets to a complex emotional state that you didn't think was possible to get to? Um, I'm gonna go with the very end of Town. Did you see that? I did but I saw it off Broadway and I know there were changes so i'm not Uh sure if what i saw is what is on broadway got it Uh, and we don't want spoilers so it's hard to (laughs) 
hard to discuss. I didn't see it off right away, so I don't know either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's fine to talk about, though. If, if okay. you know, if you don't want to be spoiled, skip ahead. <laughs> well, like, okay, so that idea of, um, I did not see it coming. I don't know if you did. I, I, I know some people apparently are like, whatever, I knew that was what was going on. I did not see coming that this is like a, sort of like a perpetual time loop and a commentary on how, like, on all of that, right? But I, the very, that moment when they say, um, I can't remember the exact lyric, but something like, um, uh, and it's like a, it's like a reprise kind of thing. And it's like, I wish I remember the exact lyric. It's like the, the idea that like, you know, even though it's terrible, we're going to do it again and again. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the reprise of that great lyric from the beginning. And I just like, lo- like, I was like weeping <laughs> and I couldn't stop weeping for like minutes after the show. I just, I like that idea that we, um, we know that we know that other people are going to let us down and that things are going to let us down, but that that's, what's so beautiful about living is that you keep trusting and keep doing, you keep like loving and experiencing. I think that's such a gorgeous idea that almost like can't, yeah, even as I'm talking about it, I'm like, it's, it's much more than that, but it's yeah. Great. Well, let's move on to our topic, which is sung through musicals. And I'm very excited to talk about this. Um, and I'm excited that you're excited to talk about this. So yeah, why why did you want to talk about sung through musicals? So I have a couple of reasons I love sung through musicals. The first is... <laughs> The first is the the selfish childhood one, which is that um, like because I grew up mostly hearing musicals rather than seeing them. Um, like again, I I was very lucky and got to go see them, but like I didn't get to see like I wasn't going like Broadway very much or anything. I, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I was going to see like these shows. Um, and so most of the musicals that I fell in love with, I fell in love with by listening to these bootleg cassette tapes. And there are some musicals that when I actually saw them later as an adult, <laughs> but I was like, oh, I had a to- I made up a whole other story. Like I got the whole thing wrong. And so something I really like about some of the musicals is how accessible they are to people who at home who are like listening to things and then they get the entire, like, you know, obviously you miss the lot, you miss like the, the theater element, but you get the whole story, you get all the words, you get all the music. And I love, love that that's a thing. Um, and I guess like now we're having a podcast musicals also, which is cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's one reason. <laughs> I also really love them um, because I like sort of how natural, how like theatrical and yet naturalistic they are at the same time because you never have to sort of, like you don't have to get, there's no transition from like spoken to sung, right? So I love that that's sort of just like, you're just like in that world and you never have to leave it. You're just in this like heightened theatrical world that also feels like totally normal. And I love that feeling of being transported into that. And then like the third selfish reason <laughs> is because I'm now writing them. And so I've become really extra interested in them. So um, yeah. How, how about you? Why do you like some three musicals? Yeah. Well, I think what you said about never leaving the world, the musical mm-hmm. world is, yeah. is definitely one that, that I, one aspect of them that I love, like it, um, I mean, I love not, I mean, I also love non-sung through too. So, it's oh, me not too. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, the, the idea of never leaving the, the music, um, and I think also because I also love opera and it relates right. to, you know, that form, it depends how you do the, the sung through musical and, and all that, yeah. like they're sure like we can talk about different forms of that, but um, a lot of them, 
especially the ones I grew up with, like Les Mis, Miss Saigon, you know, the, yeah. that, that style is very similar to opera to me. So yeah. I think like they, they do have recitative, like they do have yeah. like the for a form of that and they do have, it's all sung through, but there's aria moments, you know, right. so, <laughs> or duet moments that, you know, that, it, so it it feels like opera and and it's cool as an as a person who also loves opera to see that mm -hmm. kind of playing out in its own way in in, yeah. musical, in a musical theater form also you think so. like because i know you're a singer also do you think that as a singer like in your singer brain as well as in your writer brain do, does that make you approach it differently do you think like do you in terms of like how you perceive the sung through opera connection a lot of the now again i'm thinking of like called Michelle Schoenberg and Elaine Blubiel musicals here, but like <laughs> a, lo a lot of their recit moments are like, I I want to sing those, you know, like those sure, are yeah. so attractive to me as little song moments in themselves. <laughs> so yeah. It makes me think a lot about like, you know, the, the musicalization of those that connective tissue that in some musicals might be yeah. a book scene like what you know how the music is working there because yeah. like as a as someone who sings like those are really attractive to yeah. sing like i would um I, I as a kid even like i would pick those moments out you know to, like to sing <laughs> to sing because um yeah, they were fun. They're they're like the either sometimes they're like fast dialogue, so it's like yeah. kind of like patter sometimes. Um, you know, they're they're very melodic. Good evening, ma'am. Don't turn the bed yet. I'm not the maid. What do you want then? You must have written the room number wrong. I am looking for someone named Christopher Scott. Three seventeen. Oh, I'm sorry. Unless, well, you must be, of course, you're John's wife, are you not? Oh, God, I see. It had to happen. You must be Kim. Chris went to find you. Please come inside. No one will hurt you. I'm Chris's wife. My name is Ellen. I can't sing at all. And so, like, I'm always curious, like, if that, like, for those of you who can both write and sing, I wonder how that, like, affects how you hear it. It's really interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I and I focus on those because, but there's also like we th we talk about you know the, you know like we could talk about Hamilton and how those moments yeah. are not always sung. They're like rapped or they're you know. Yeah. So it's like a, a it's a different experience with with yeah. them. And but I think maybe the same impulse for people who are listening to them and want to want to sing through those rap those rap sections because they're fun yeah. and they're you know, or whatever, however people experience them. That kind of also connects to why I love this, the sung through musicals, because mm -hmm. they, they have these moments that you don't really get from, you know, musicals with where those would be scenes. It's like these extra different types of song moments. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, what musicals, I guess, kind of, were your either first like sung through musicals mm -hmm. that piqued your interest in that form or as mm -hmm. as 
maybe a younger person or or what or now today like what musicals are sung through musicals are are striking to you yeah i you know again jesus christ superstar for sure um the sweeney todd was also an early obsession for me and i i love sweeney todd did you see that did you see the barrow street production like a couple years ago i didn't i i wanted to but yeah (laughs) i missed it. it was it was really good. They did like they did it with a really small cast and all of like right. sort of an immersive. It was really really cool. But um, yeah, Sweeney Todd for sure. I'm very attracted to. I my I think Falsettos was really one of my early ones. Um, although I I experienced it as like March of the Falsettos, and then later on I found out about <laughs> Falsetto Land, and then like I think Falsetto is extremely moving. It's it's like the um, the way the characters are kind of written in very like very casually sometimes and then extremely poetically in the next breath I think is really like really unique and really beautiful yeah it's interesting because Bill Finn's work who Bill Finn who wrote falsettos like I I um like I, I don't see his as like his musicals that are sung through as taking an operatic form or anything no. like they don't yeah. they don't feel like that but I also can't imagine those characters speaking what they're saying like I don't think it would like I don't think that would work at all yeah so like what is it about like why can those characters only sing their (laughs) yeah like why can they only sing and I wonder if it has to do with the emotional nature of um that piece and how like they're they're mostly talking in either emotions or neuro, like neuroses or yeah. things, that, things that have like this rhythm that yeah like I I don't know if you if you took out the music it like I think it would feel um less true. Jason, please see a psychiatrist. He's just a psychiatrist. I'll pay the bill until you're old. Darling, Jason, please listen to your father. Please you know see a psychiatrist. Paul, he knows He's what just I a will psychiatrist. I'll pay the bill. Jason, please see a psychiatrist. He's not. I won't say boo. And so I pretend that he's very smart. If intelligence were the only criterion, then I really wouldn't need a psychiatrist, would I? No. Would I? No. Just because you failed as parents? Get thee to a psychiatrist. Uh, hey kid, listen. I don't need. He, he needs, needs a psychiatrist. I want a psychiatrist. I want to speak with wizard. Speak with who? With wizard. With wizard. With wizard. Wizard. Oh my god. Wizard. 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 Wizard, do you think? 
I should see a psychiatrist. I'm not sure, Jason. Jason, maybe so. Absolutely, Jason. Okay, I'll go. He'll go. I'll go. He'll go. If he comes here. He'll go. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, they're, they're, we talk all the time about like, why do people, like why are characters singing? And I feel like that's something that's like sort of less important in general in a song through piece. Like once you get to the idea that they should be singing because you don't have to be like, what is, why is this moment sung? Because everything is sung. But I, I feel like you're so right. Bill Finn's pieces are like, they're sung because these characters are, they're so in themselves. Like they're so like, you use the word neurotic and I totally agree with you, but I'm trying to be original and use a different word. Um, like they're, they're so like, they're so quirky. They're just like so quirky and they're so, um, mm. they're, they are not, they do not conform <laughs> at all to anything. Yeah. And so I feel like they have to seem like they can't, they can't, what would their speech patterns even be? Like they're, they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think they're like, they're like, often just trying to figure it out they're like yeah. they never stop trying to figure it out it feels like yeah. so they never kind of they never leave that that singing moment yeah in a way I, yeah. and that's another thing i think in, in that show like the characters are also smart like even wizard who's sort of like not supposed to be so smart is also really really smart so i think you're right like they're they're all just like they're, they're those gears are turning so much that they just can't they can't stop it, it just like flows yeah. out of them like yeah, if 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 the show were to stop, and they were to start talking, yeah, it would something something about it would would stop. It would like slow yeah. down and stop. Whereas like yeah. it has to keep like churning like that. Like, yeah, totally. I think you're right. Yeah, and but I think also with sung through musicals, like that that's such an important factor is what is the what is the rhythm yeah. that you want to accomplish with your show? Yeah. Is it a rhythm that where the songs stop and start, or is it a rhythm that keeps keeps going? Yeah, it stops. Totally. Um, and I think with falsettos, as we've been saying, that show is a show that never stops. It just yeah, it just goes. Absolutely, and it's like now that you're saying that, like that makes so much sense. Like I hadn't thought of it that way, and I think you're so right. Like there's that thing of like these characters just constantly make they make like impulsive decisions a lot <laughs> that yeah, yeah. negatively, uh, you know what I mean? Like, so that's, yeah, they, they are not stopping, even though they're constantly thinking they're never stopping to think. And I wonder if that's part of like, yeah, that's really interesting. Shoshana. Yeah, that's true. Like they, I mean, you get, you have like these, and, and then when they do, like you have these slower song moments that, yeah. and like, you know, unlikely lovers where they've, yeah. they're, we've stopped, you know, and that's, that's the slowdown, like that song. Yeah. The the I now I'm thinking about the first song, which is four Jews in a room, bitching, yeah. and, and like setting up that that kind of rhythm, that that yeah, pattern. frenetic energy. Yeah, that that yeah, pattern and energy that um, we're just gonna keep. We're gonna talk. To, we're gonna talk in a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna stop. You're in for an evening of us talking a lot. Four Jews in a room bitching. Four Jews in a room plot. Hey, crime. 
I'm bitching, he's bitching, they're bitching, we're bitching, bitch, 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 funny, 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 bitch, 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 all the time. I really admire that prologue because it, like, you're right, it really, really sets you up for what you're about to hear, even though it's totally out of the story. Yeah. I really admire that. It's interesting. It's like the seasons of love moment. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of another sung through show. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, that one too is like Rent, which we're in case (laughs) didn't make that connection. Um, Yeah, we're like, anyway. (laughs) Seasons of love from Rent. Um, Yeah. Because that one is definitely, you know, adapted from an opera. Yeah. even so, he, um, Jonathan Larson could have made the decision to make it more of a book scene type show, but he kept like, he kept that operatic like, yeah, um, style to it, e- even with modern music, you know, rock music and yeah, a, a contemporary setting, um, which is why I that's my thought of why that show is sung through but I'm sure there are other reasons that it works as a sung through musical as well in that one also I really like the sort of like more spoken-y singing in that one Mm -hmm. like because we're talking before about the connective tissue and like why sometimes that's even more fun (laughs) I feel like Rin is so good at that like every time they sing you're just like yes I mean like like talk sing like whenever they're doing like the scene stuff it's like you're really listening I think it's because like Jonathan Larson was such a great songwriter you know like you just everything is so catchy and the, so like the sort of more spoken stuff really stands out in a way where you really like it really makes your ear it really makes you listen yeah I agree like those are also moments that musically I and, and lyrically like <laughs> I feel drawn to as much as the songs um song moments Maureen is protesting losing her performance space not my attitude <laughs> What happened to Benny? What happened to his heart? And the ideals he once pursued? Any owner of that lot next door has a right to do with it as he pleases. Happy birthday, Jesus. The rest. You're wasting your time. We're broke! And you broke your word. This is absurd. There is one way you won't have to pay. I knew it! Next door, the home of cyber art, you see. And now that the block is rezoned, our dream can become a reality. You'll see, boys. You'll see, boys. And, and then there are shows that um, are not completely sung through, but mostly sung through, like Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And um, it's like with that one, I feel like, you know, it's often talked about as an opera mm-hmm. uh, or like similar to an opera or could be an opera yeah um even though i it's those song moments and, and those song moments still feel really for, fully formed but mm-hmm. um yeah i'm curious i guess your thoughts on sweeney todd and as as a song through piece i mean i think sweeney todd i must like I don't see how that could function not as a song because of like all that great narration that's that's all sung. Like if I don't think they could use that great narrative device 
of having like the the like attendant the tail of Sweeney Todd all that stuff that like leaves the whole story throughout mm-hmm. and it's it, like Sweeney Todd is based on a folktale right so it's- yeah well I I think it's ba- like the musical is based on a play which is based on the the tale oh yeah I actually but didn't know it was based on a play. yeah there was a play yeah it's it's formally adapted from a play by Christopher oh. Bond which Sondheim saw in london and was like that would be a good musical but um but yeah that's originally based on like a folktale yeah because like for me what like works so well about it is the song there is like those is the way the ensemble tells the story and it's like we're all part of this like world where you kind of have to be afraid of Sweeney Todd but also you're like morbidly interested in what's happening and so I I'm very curious how that but but it sounds like the play is more of a comedy which is interesting because this is like this is like Sondheim's like horror show, right? It was like, yeah. anecdotally, wasn't there some business about how he said like he wanted to write the scariest thing he could write or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he said like he saw it, like this is my, horror. <laughs> this is, I, I mean, and I, th- this is my horror musical. And I think, you know, from reading his, you know, writing about yeah. that, that he really saw this as kind of like a movie where the- where it's like the sung through it's sung through because he never wanted to he was thinking of it more as like underscoring than interesting um than being sung through like an opera even though he says like yeah the form is kind of like an opera like a oh dark dark operetta so Uh (laughs) so like he'll say like he he does say like yeah it's it's uh can be probably be called a dark operetta but it seems like he was really really thinking of it as a as like a movie score wow so and it seems like that kind of fueled the sung through the desire for it to be sung through more than making it in an opera type form that's fascinating and that i mean that totally makes sense with what he actually ended up doing i mean that it does feel it is kind of cinematic and it's like hyper theatrical, but also very filmic, right? That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's still definitely functioning like a musical, but oh, yeah. the but yeah, it is interesting to think about how that he has that ballad music in the beginning, the ballad of Sweeney Todd music in the beginning, which like and, and you like that it it creeps up underneath scenes yeah. throughout, yeah. and like it never yeah like he it never lets up yeah. and that's how he envisioned the show i guess as like a horror musical that where the where you never break if you need any help or money no there's a hole in the world like a great black pit and the vermin of the world inhabit it and its morals aren't worth what a pig could spit and it goes by the name of london at the top of the hole sit the privileged few, making mock of the vermin in the lower zoo, turning beauty into filth and greed. I too have sailed the world and seen its wonders, for the cruelty of men is as wondrous as Peru, but there's no place like London. was a barber and his wife, and she was beautiful. 
but cool to think of like the what like what like why are certain things sung through like what is that choice you know yeah. like is it is it to make something feel more like an opera is it to right. never break the tension is it mm -hmm. to you know as we were talking with falsettos like is it to never like because these characters can't can't stop you know or whatever yeah. it is like it is interesting that even though sung through is a specific one form where you don't stop yeah but there's so many different reasons for why that could be which is cool yeah 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 it is it's really i mean like i know what i like the the two shows that i'm writing with lynn Schenkel that are sung through pieces like we wanted to do it because we wanted to sort of like one of them is is like a, a take on it's like a feminist retelling of helen of troy and that one's like we wanted you to be like totally immersed in this like world of antiquity sort of even though like our piece is modern in the telling of it mm -hmm. um and the other one is like about um it's based on the um the women who were is it's based on these women who were um being poisoned by u.s radium in the 20s it's a real story yeah. it's, it's like this yeah. horrible tragic story but they did change labor laws forever which is what we were really attracted to is like these women were like unsung heroes but um that piece we wanted to, like the horror it's that is actually sort of a horror piece also in a way and so we wanted it to be like just increasingly horrifying in a way that you couldn't like where you were trapped in the world and so it starts out like it feels very beautiful and shiny and like sparkling and then it becomes this like sort of horrendous terrifying thing um, so that's why we were doing that's why we chose song three for those two pieces yeah interesting no and it's like the same idea like you're kind of like you're you're trapped which is yeah. kind of, like and i'm thinking about sweeney todd the re 2005 revival where it was kind of set in like one kind of space where oh. all the characters were did you see that where they the john Doe production i wish they, i saw it yeah that where the actors had the instruments but mm -hmm. that that was really interesting because with the instruments you know all the sound was all the sound was coming from one space yeah so the sung through that i for me that really affected the sung through nature mm -hmm. of that piece because like everything you you were trapped in this room with these characters mm -hmm all the mm -hmm. sound was and all that music all that sound was coming from one space wow really like heighten the tension of that show yeah. um that sounds very intense and very cool yeah um yeah so as you were describing your piece that kind of reminded me of <laughs> that feeling of the heart like something that's horrifying and but like you can't you can't look away because you're yeah. you have to look at it yeah thing. like the, the music is not gonna let you yeah looking at it that, that power of music like pulling you into it but also yeah. pulling you down when it wants to you know but also lifting yeah. you up when it wants to yeah, right what other shows have we not uh oh hamilton um, i love hamilton but i'm that's everyone in the world i suppose <laughs> um but yeah, also an also another uh, sung through, and I think, as you were talking about in the beginning, like one of the things that, you know, why you love um, sung through, like that show, having sung through and having that album, or mm -hmm. the past recording, yeah. out, 
uh, as a complete sung through thing made it so accessible yeah. to people um, who couldn't see the show, who wanted to experience that. Like the album became an experience in itself. Like I experienced yeah. the show as the album first yeah. before, I, <clears throat> before I saw it. Yeah, me too. Um, and you you can get the whole you can get the whole thing from that. I mean, there's a few visuals that are enhanced um, yeah, sure. <laughs> by seeing it. I mean, it better if you see it. But yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It's like the album is, and it's just such like, it's such a good album. Like all the songs are so good. It's like, trans, it, like transcends forms just listening to it, which I think is so exciting. Like, I remember I was, um, I was when it, like the year that it was, I don't know if it was the year it first came out, but or if it was like right after when it was getting very popular, I had just become aware of it in like, in, I mean, I knew about it, but I just like started listening to it. And I was like obsessively listening to it. And I was walking on campus, um, in a, I was teaching at Montclair State University in New Jersey. And I was just walking and like, I walked by these students who looked like if I just looked at them, I would have been like, oh, these are, these are like sports kids, you know? Mm -hmm. And they were listening to Hamilton. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like it just like transcended so many different like forms and yeah. spaces. So it's so amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was so great to be able to listen to it and, and feel like I got, I, I got that whole musical. Like that's, that's yeah. it. Like that's the, that's the show. I didn't miss, I didn't miss anything from, yeah. you know, not being in the room with it, at least orally. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and that show, like it, you know using the rap form like it it works so well to mm -hmm. to have like sections of speaking that are rap that are or you know sung in that way are you aaron burr sir that depends who's asking oh well, sure sir i'm alexander hamilton i'm at your service sir i have been looking for you i'm getting nervous sir i heard your name at princeton i was seeking an accelerated course of study when i got sort of out of sorts with a buddy of yours i may have punched him it's a blur sir he handles the financials you punched the burr sir Yes, I wanted to do what you did, graduate in two and join the revolution. He looked at me like I was stupid. I'm not stupid. So how'd you do it? How'd you graduate so fast? It was my parents' dying wish before they passed. My other like favorite song through is probably Hades Temple. We already talked about that. Oh yeah, um, that's right. I mean, it's all about music, really. Right? Like yeah, he's like he's a musician, um, mm -hmm. and the the what's his name Hermes? orpheus right orpheus yeah just that whole like new orleans like like blues slash jazz slash whatever all these different like sounds like mm -hmm. it's yeah you're right it's like it's a very like musicy musical theater piece it's supposed to be like doesn't she think of it as like an, a, a folk opera am i wrong with that oh I think I that might be right yeah yeah that sounds right yeah. um and that and it's interesting to think of Hades Town because that started as uh, just a concept album or just an album. I don't know if she thought about it as a concept album, but yeah. it, it was just music first before it was a show. Yeah, so, which is so interesting. Yeah, and I and I know like also Andrew Lloyd Webber developed a lot of his shows that way. Right. Always right. planning for them to be on the stage, but I think if you. I think it helps like if you start as an album first to mm -hmm. have your whole story be told yeah. in, you know, 
in the song. So yeah, adding scenes, unless you've conceived of those scenes along with the, the songs you're writing in, initially, right. like it must be hard to then add those in add yeah. those <laughs> later. Totally. Yeah. So it, it makes sense to me that something that was conceived as an album first would then translate into a sung through piece. Yeah, right. Um, it, it, I was like inserting stuff that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and it kind of feels like, yeah, like this is the album on, but that was turned into like a theatrical piece, mm-hmm. um, you know, on stage and um, just another, another way sung through is manifested, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Was it, was Evita a cast album first? I mean, a concert, a concept album? Uh, yeah, it says, so as they had previously done with Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. they recorded Evita as an album musical first mm-hmm. with uh, Julie Covington in the title role. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But I think, you know, and they were definitely conceiving of these musicals for the stage. Sure. But for, you know, I'm sure various reasons made it an album first, which, you know, makes it it sung through. (laughs) I feel like the kind of thing that we should all be doing now again, (laughs) because, you know, like this moment in time. I know. And... I mean, it definitely helps, like, put your show across. Yeah. Like, you know, people don't have to imagine what the book scenes are like when they're listening to to it. Where'd you get that melody? I don't know. It came to me as if I'd known it all along. You have. It's an old song. A song of love from long ago Long time since I heard it though You've heard that melody before? Sure Tell me more Remember the tale I told you once about the gods? Which ones? Hades and Persephone Remember how it used to be Their love that made the world go round Yeah, I remember now But that was long ago Tell it again, though. Cool. So let's move on to why is this so good? And <laughs> we're going to be talking about the song Miskite from Cabaret. And I'm so glad because I saw Cabaret many years ago and I completely <laughs> forgot about this song. Um, it's such a good song. So I was glad to re- relearn it, re- re-know it. So, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, why did you pick this song for Why Is This So Good? I picked this song because we often think of story songs as like, here's a song that you have to get through this part and like, make it as good as you can. (laughs) Like, and this song proves that that is not, does not have to be the case. This This song tells the story in such a charming way where you just never stop listening. And then by the end, it's turned into something so lovely and so beautiful. Like I cannot listen to this song without getting goosebumps. I I just find it so charming, but also so moving. And like, it's like a message song, but it somehow is still 
like it's not cheesy it's just exactly what it needs to be it's very like economical but also like feels like this character i just like there's nothing about the song that i don't like <laughs> like every single thing about it what what was your experience revisiting it well i mean i i didn't even remember it even like it, it wasn't even like oh yeah this like i it had completely really? like i didn't remember it at all but then again i saw cabaret like 20 years ago so yeah, yeah. I mean fair. so and like have only like just revisited through certain specific songs so <laughs> um yeah so I mean my experience with it was so well I guess we should set it up a little bit the 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 context of the song is it is in one of the it is in one of the book scenes it's not Song yeah, at yeah. the cabaret. Herr Schultz is the character who sings this, and he's the elderly Jewish fruit shop owner who falls in love with Fraulein Schneider, who mm -hmm. is an older German woman who runs the boarding house where Cliff and Sally are living. Mm -hmm. Um so and and if you only know I I haven't seen the movie Cabaret in a long time either, so but I believe mm -hmm. that like I know this song is not in the movie because they cut like all the the book songs. Uh, Those fools! This is a perfect song. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so if you only know the movie, this song is not in the movie. Um, it is only in the show, and it. Um, so yeah, so that's so there. So that's the character who sings. Uh, this song and um, yeah I mean what I, I I really loved it too and I yeah it, it's, it's just one of those songs where you really have to you really get sucked into listening to it because it is a story um, a, but and it's a you know and it uses like you know like we're definitely telling a story here like listen yeah. there's, a there's a moral like yeah. <laughs> hold on a minute let me tell you you know yeah <laughs> like, so this word means this you know <laughs> it's like it's really being told which is is cool for people who don't know the word miskite me i didn't know i only know this because of this song but assuming this is true miskite means like an ugly person the the turn of the song of like what a miskite is even like it just uses mm -hmm. the hook in such a very simple but very profound way, um, which we know is so hard. <laughs> it's so hard to yeah. get there. Yeah, it, the the turn is so is so nice because you're going along with it, and it's like these two ugly people who meet and get married. Miskite, miskite. Once upon a time there was a miskite, miskite. Looking in the mirror, he would say, "What an awful shock." I've got a face that could stop a clock. Miskite, miskite, such a pity on him. He's a miskite, miskite. Got up in his heaven, left him out on a shaky limb. He put a miskite on him. Listen, he grew up. Even miskites grow up. And soon in the cheder means Hebrew school. He sat beside this little girl. And when he asked her her name, she replied, Ampel. He ran to the Zeta, that's grandfather, 
and said in that screechy voice of his, you told me I was the homeliest. Well, Gramps, you're wrong. Toil is. Miss Kite, Miss Kite, no one ever saw a bigger Miss Kite, Miss Kite, everywhere a floor, and maybe that is the reason why I'm going to love her until I die. And have a kid, and the kid turns out to be gorgeous. <laughs> and the, um, yeah, and then kind of the moral of the the song is that even what is it hold on i'm gonna read it exactly where is that though you're not a beauty it is nevertheless quite true there may be beautiful things in you anyone responsible for loveliness large or small is not a miskite at all though you're not a beauty it is nevertheless quite true there may be beautiful things in you. Miss Kite, Miss Kite, listen to the fable of the Miss Kite, Miss Kite, anyone responsible for loveliness, large or small, is not a Miss Kite. Because throughout the whole beginning, it's like these people are miskites. They're ugly. <laughs> like, what is the? And line? they don't. They don't care. Like they're they're chill about being miskites. They're just kind of like, yeah, you know, we found each other, and that's cool. Like they're just lovely people. <laughs> and yeah, then, I, they have a face. Like, what this? I I got a face that could stop a clock. <laughs> so. Yeah that's that's the level here that of ugliness that we're talking about <laughs> yeah they, and they love each other and then they're like they're like afraid because everybody's like worried about and it's just it doesn't none of it matters because they like there's they they're their intent is so beautiful and like their love is beautiful I don't know it's just like there's something about that idea like loveliness larger smalls on a mise cut at all that I just find so sweet and so needed <laughs> in the world especially yeah. in the context of cabaret which is such like a sad and beautiful show like there's just so much ugliness in the world of cabaret that this this little gem song for me just does so much um yeah it kind of reminds me of like you know thinking about this show in terms of like the holocaust and everything yeah. going on and and the like you know the the Anne Frank line believing people are good at heart like that there's goodness like looking for the good yeah. people and yeah and all that um yeah but yeah i think you're right like this this song with this with the setting of cabaret and um, yeah beautifulness and ugliness and yeah like finding one inside the other and yeah and like that it it takes that it's that human connection that creates that creates something beautiful. I, I just, I think it's such like an, it's such a needed moment in the show. And I think it's such a needed moment in the world. <laughs> you know, I, I really do like that, that human connection can make something beautiful. I think it's such a lovely idea. I guess it's like, I'm, that's what I like about Hades Town also. I don't know, I guess that's, as we're talking, I'm realizing that's something that I like in a lot of musicals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, 
such a such a lovely thing that the humanity connected creates art and beauty it's like it sounds super pretentious to say like that but i think i think that's very powerful i mean and and especially i love like uh in the song like the very specific like we're gonna use the word uh what is it hater <laughs> hater that means hebrew school yeah. Z- like zeta <laughs> like you're we're really gonna go yiddish here um yeah but I think that's but i think that's so important because like you need to yeah. you need to like you know have that if you're using the word miskite you know yeah um to really go into the ethnicity of of that and the language and it's also really important in the context of the show where he's like he ends up being you know i mean he's a jewish man during the holocaust and like he's explaining these things and like the the person he's talking to really doesn't know you know like that's like even though he's living there like he's a stranger in his own country and that's a really important theme in the in the piece Mm -hmm. so I, i really like that in the context of the show also yeah and he doesn't mind like he's just kind of like he's like well this is the world that i'm in like here's here's my world but it's okay if you don't know and it's a little here's I'm gonna be a little silly about it but it's also really important and fundamental to who I am I also just really like from a very looking at the lyric just very minutely like the the miskite miskite like that that line it keeps repeating that that part and but it keeps changing uh like it changes when that baby is born and all of a sudden uh-huh. in, in that very same like musical line now it's gorgeous gorgeous and then it becomes the moral 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 <laughs> like uh-huh. and then it's yeah skate. but i i just like how that um that lo- that word on that line changes those times um miskite to gorgeous to moral to back to miskite is kind of like the the thread what we've been talking about uh-huh. um of the song like miskite yeah like ugly but to gorgeous the what's the moral now miskite we're back to miskite but now it means something different exactly yes i so agree with you and that's what i mean it's like a perfectly constructed song it's like beautifully constructed like not a word is wasted mm-hmm. it's like super tells you who the character is it's related to the theme of the show it turns the hook in a really interesting way and it's just like it's moving at the end it's just like there's it i'm telling you it's like a perfect song <laughs> i really i think it's so, it's so perfectly crafted and it's so moving it's like delicious great so let's move on to our final section which is something wonderful and just what upcoming or uh or current musical theater things obviously nothing playing in the in person quite yet but or you know could be as things start to open up but uh but musicals uh books events having to do with musical theater that we are excited about or want to give a shout out to well, I am hopeful that all of my friends' shows will get produced in <laughs> in the post-pandemic world. So that's my big thing. And I also, I'm really hoping that the classic stage production that was supposed to happen of Assassins will still happen. I don't know if it's supposed to or not, but I love Assassins yeah. and I really want to see it. And I want to take John to see it because he's never seen it. Well, I just watched 
the John uh, John Cullum show from the Vineyard Theater. He uh, is 91, and he's doing like a, a oh. it's like a cabaret show type show, and he is telling stories about his career, his life and career, um, and he's such a good wow actor and um has had such a career in musical theater that um you know it's and he actually for 91 like he sings the hell out of those songs like it's really amazing <laughs> um that's so awesome i think oh, it's playing i want to see that too <laughs> another weeks uh from when this will air so uh i i definitely recommend uh, recommend that show. It's from the the Vineyard Theater. You reminded me of another thing that I'm really excited about, yeah. um, but I don't have the details of it. I just know it's happening. In fact, I can't remember if it's Playwrights or Vineyard. I think it's Vineyard, but it might be Playwrights. Um, I know Kirsten Childs, who I'm like a huge like fangirl of, <laughs> is doing like an audio play. Uh, she did one like earlier. Oh during the yeah, I think that's doing... Playwrights. Is that Playwrights? Yeah, I'm really excited to hear that because I really like the, the other one that she did that was, I think, shorter. It was like, made me cry a bunch. And also, just she's so funny and so so amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, Is that the one on that? Like, it was a podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that, too. That was Isn't that so good. Yeah, I, so I really good. like that, that that series that Playwrights is doing. I've listened to, I think I've only listened to two so far, but they've yeah. been really good. Yeah, I agree um sound soundstage is that what it's called uh yeah it's called soundstage and yeah i've listened cool. to i listened to hers and i listened to one other one um both musicals and they were yeah they were great thank you all for listening to this episode of scene to song you can write to scene to song at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater or if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Love this podcast? Help it find more listeners by rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Follow us on Instagram at scene to song on Twitter at Scene2Song, and on Facebook at Scene2Song with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode and stay tuned right now for a promo from my friends at the podcast Buried Broadway. Hiya! Hello! I'm Jen Beverelli. And I'm Mikey Beverelli. And we have a podcast called Buried Broadway. Broadway. On our podcast, Buried Broadway, we discover, dissect, and demystify forgotten Broadway musicals that we most likely found on vinyl for a dollar. Those hidden Broadway gems like Wildcat starring Lucille Ball, Flowers for Algernon starring the Phantom of the Opera himself, Michael Crawford, and even a rockin' musical version of The War of the Worlds. In our podcast, Buried Broadway, we go through biographies of key artists, summarize the plot, Play clips of the music, pick audition cuts, and hopefully throw in a good joke or two along the way. You can find our podcast, Buried Broadway, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's probably on whatever you're listening to this podcast with, so just go subscribe right now so you don't forget. And just to make sure you remember, we'll sing it for you. Buried Broadway.